Welcome to the More Than More podcast, where we discuss building meaningful, impactful businesses, careers, and lives through real estate. Okay, I've got two people bobbing their heads here to the music. This is going to be probably a, a very energy-packed 45 minutes to an hour. So I'm sitting here with the two rookie of rookie rookie award winners for 2021. So why don't you guys say hi, Taylor and Katie. Hi. Hello. <laughs> I know this is going to be hard for me. <laughs> um, I actually did have a little bit of anxiety preparing for this because I knew this was going to be a lot of energy, particularly from this side of the room. <laughs> I'm not going to say who I'm pointing at, but I think they already know. So uh, welcome, ladies, and congratulations. Thank um, you. Did you wake up feeling different the next day? Like Saturday morning, did you wake up and like, was everything different for you? Um, I felt very accomplished. You did. I don't know if I woke up feeling different. Maybe like a little tummy ache. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was being silly. I presume Saturday was a lot like Friday, but it was a, it was a big night for you guys and a big accomplishment. How'd you feel? I was very tired Saturday morning. Mm. They stayed out very late at the after party. Did you go to the... Were you there? Yeah, I decided okay. to corral all the other people. There was a lot of people taking shots. There was, I was not in that group, but I did mm. enjoy watching that group. Well, woof. Friday was, what did you say? <laughs> I said, not Taylor with I the baby. I said, woof. <laughs> I can't imagine um, taking a shot right now. I don't know what woof means. We had the discussion in an Urbandale team meeting. And? And it's in my vocabulary a lot Should, more now. <laughs> do I, I don't want to repeat what it actually stands for, probably. You're, you're not woke, Dylan, so you're not going to understand. It's like oof, but it's woof. Got it. So it's like the woke version of oof. Yes, you're right. I'm not going to understand, so I'm going to fly right by that one. <laughs> we're going to keep moving. I've got Taylor with her hand on her face here. Well, ladies, we're here just to ready to hang out because you guys won the Rookie Award for 2021, and it's kind of a big accomplishment. And we've always celebrated that every year. First year ever that we've had – Two rookie award winners, which is going to be, I think, the game plan moving forward because you guys performed at a really awesome level in that first year. I've actually got some. Do you guys know your numbers, by the way, for 2021? Um, I don't know, like, the AGC, but I know I go based off of, like, transactions just because our setup is a little different with being on a team. I have a transaction goal. So what's your, what was your 2021? I had 36. I was a part of 36 transactions. Because you, uh, some of your, some of your deals are co-op deals as yeah. well with Gina as part of a team, right? Yeah. So my units get split a little bit differently. So what the numbers say, like within the company, look a little different than like our spreadsheet. Yeah. But I was a part of 36 transactions. Yeah, and that's fun, and that's kind of one of the fun dynamics of this conversation is we've got uh, two of you with very different stories of how you got to where you got. But what I've got here is 4.4 million dollars of gross commissions for the year, and that was your first full year, and about 131 thousand in gross commissions for Taylor. And so, and and somewhere in the middle of that, you also made a human being. Yes. When yeah. did uh, when did that happen again? Um, the we, end part, not the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> We had Jack on December 17th, so um, I was pregnant for most of the year. Challenging? Uh, yeah, definitely. It was a little bit of a different dynamic. I think it's more challenging now that he's here and not being able just to say yes and leave and go everywhere I need to be. Yeah, this that's year how is going to be different, is. huh? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a little bit different, but very. Um, we had awesome clients last year that 
just like rolled with the punches and loved the fact that I was pregnant. Like it was just kind of the running joke. We had one client that started looking um, right when I found out and closed uh, five days before I had him. Like to help you? To help me? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought I, I kept saying, oh, I won't be there at closing. But we were, uh, he was late. So yeah, the running, the running joke was, was that I was pregnant. And then you, Katie, I've got 4.8, almost 4.9 million in gross commissions. And uh, that was like 138,000 of gross, sorry, of, of uh, production and 138 of gross. And Another little uh, extra shout out for you. I got two extra shout outs. You made a human being. You uh, you really only started in like March of 2021, right? Yes, I got licensed in March. So Ooh. really, that's like nine months worth of production. Yeah, it felt like an eternity, but yes, I'm just kind of one of those people that takes takes the knife. What was it, Dylan? You gave me the quote the other day you're like sometimes you just hand person people a knife and they go out and just like kill everyone i never said anything that, that's 100 like that. what he said it was like something out of machete <laughs> and sometimes when you put a machete in someone's hand and that's i'm quite another. sure whatever i said was much more sophisticated than <laughs> I that wasn't that sophisticated but <laughs> i'm a quick start let's put it like that so i just like to hit the ground running and i will run before i even know how to run or what to do and i just keep going do you know your quick start yeah what what number oh, are you cool. are you an eight or a nine or I was an eight. Okay. Um, well, congratulations to both of you. It's a, that's a big year. It was fun to celebrate you and several other people. By the way, you, how did you enjoy Friday night, our awards banquet? Did you have some fun? Oh, it was oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah, that was the first one because the year before that, I uh, it was canceled. Yep, and um, the year before that. Yeah, but I mean, I, I did miss a little bit, like the celebration, because marketing did a really good job the year before at our team meeting. And we had like a big Palmer's breakfast and Matt came and I think there was, I don't know, there was some pretty good intro. So that was a little sad to miss. But yeah, it was fun. It was glamorous and the marketing department did a good job. Yeah, they did. It was fun to have a bunch of people in the room again and just let our hair down. And I think in my intro speech, I made a comment about drink a little more liberally and some people took me uh took way me seriously. too seriously <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah that is the one time of year we do want to really focus on production awards and celebrate what you guys did so hey let's do this can i uh katie you are you are everywhere in this room like you are just looking at all the parts i'm just taking it all in taking I'm it all this in. experience <clears throat> <laughs> You guys want to uh, you want to talk a little bit about your first year? Kind of interested. So I'm just going to bounce back and forth between you. So and I'm sure people will distinguish your voice differences, but uh, I'll try to say your names along the way. Give us a super quick background each. So why don't we start with you, Katie? Like, uh, where are you from? Uh, what were you doing before real estate? Not super in depth, but uh, and then and then what made you get into real estate? So I'm originally from Knoxville, Iowa. That's where I grew up and went to school. And then I ended up at Central. Um, while I was at Central, I opened up a yoga studio in Pella. And that went pretty well. And I just, I really enjoyed that. Um, and eventually took on a studio in Newton. So enjoyed the health and wellness side a lot. That's what my degree was in. And then COVID hit. And honestly, truth be told, I definitely let myself burn out of it pretty bad. And that's kind of one thing I'm, I'm very aware of of myself. And I've been very aware of in real estate is I like to jump all in sometimes. And sometimes that is great up front. And then long term, it makes it a little bit more difficult. So decided to get into real estate. I have always loved real estate. And I know. Did you get out of the yoga studios? 
Yes. So I sold one of them and then the other one I ended up closing after COVID um, and after the derecho okay. literally ruined, like took down my whole building we were in. Hella got hit pretty hard, didn't it? Yeah, but Newton's building collapsed in on wow. itself. So yeah, that kind of stopped that real quick. Um, but a little bit of entrepreneurial blood in your system there. I mean, that was a big step to go open up yoga studios. Uh, how old were you? Straight out of college or like how? Uh, uh-uh. I was a junior in college and I was a little young for college. So my first one, I was 19, 20. Mm. Crazy. Yep. So always kind of had that spirit, always looking for a bunch of different endeavors. My dad um, has been self-employed his entire life. And then we are from Missouri. So good old farm farm folk from Missouri. So we were taught to like work very, very, very hard. And just really, I love entrepreneurship. And that can look a bunch of different ways. And I always grew up driving around. My mom and I went small town to big town because <laughs> Des Moines is so big, you know. But pretty much what we would do is drive up to Des Moines, get Starbucks. So that was a big deal in our life and drive around all the really fancy neighborhoods in Des Moines. Mm. So I always love houses and designing houses. I really like interior design a lot. So I flipped a couple houses already and just decided I'm really burnt out in what I'm doing and something needs to change. But I still love being self-employed and having liberty and be able to use my own ideas. Because nobody's the boss of you. <laughs> I like to think... <laughs> I'm definitely a team player, but I think like what I've learned is you have to position yourself on the right team. So it's not that I'm definitely happy to be a follower and to like be a part of the group, but I think that definitely has to be something where it's the right people around you that are, mm-hmm. are helping foster creativity. Otherwise, yeah, hell no, I'm not going to be, <laughs> no one's going to tell me or like squish my my soul in that. I know because I'm a pretty tough guy and and I have to work pretty hard to keep you on the on the on the on the rails sometimes, right? <laughs> <clears throat> yes. Dylan and I have had a lot of conversations where Dylan's been like, you need to cool your shit. Uh, I don't think I used that word either. So we're going to keep pretty close we'll, to that. We'll keep this one PG rated. <laughs> um, so, so you decide to jump into real estate out of some entrepreneurial kind of backdrop. And uh, you originally joined uh, uh, Rachel's team in Pella and that was kind of a, a few months of getting started. And at some point you decided to step out on your own. Just uh, talk us through some of that timeline. And uh. So I had started, we kind of talked about that um, in January 1st, pretty much. I okay. was all in. I literally remember getting back from Mexico at like one in the morning and, and going to meet with her at like 9 a.m. the next morning. So I spent, while I got my license, I got to shadow underneath of her and we had the idea of coming on as a team together. That Mm. was something that I was very much looking forward to, uh, that connection piece, like we've talked about, and that's something I definitely yearn for. And, you know, you don't know what you don't know. You want a tribe. You want a group of people to work with and around, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. And when you get into real estate, it seems very scary and you're like, there's no way, I don't know anything how the heck am I going to go into this field and make any money at this? Like I'm all starved to death before I ever figure this out. Cause you really don't have any concept when you start. Right. And you don't understand, Oh, these are just four different, you know, you could be cold leads, you could be warm leads. You could be, you know, this, that, and you're like, what are these words? I don't even know what you're saying. Sure. And then people are asking you, you don't know what a team is. So you jumped on a team for some of the stability or like. I was really looking forward to a team to be able to share ideas with, mm-hmm. um, and support and be able to, you know, cheer people on. And it's not that I think what I realized once I got into real estate and you started seeing, I started figuring out more about how much is behind the scenes. I realized just our styles of business were very different. Mm-hmm. 
and our personalities were very different. And so I think it was just one of those things where it wasn't a good mix. It's yeah. not that both people can't be successful and that both people don't have a great way of doing business. We just do business very differently. And that was hard on me. Yeah, well, you and Rachel are both very strong, capable, competent, drive driving women. And so I wouldn't want to get in either of your ways, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, yeah, it was a, a fun step in for you. And I think very quickly you learned that you want to go do your own thing. And so that was around March, April, right? That was right when I got my license. Okay. So as soon as I got a license in March... I was a week or two into that maybe yeah. and then decided this just wasn't a good fit for me and my personality and what I wanted to do. Yeah. How about you, Taylor? How did you, what, what got you into, what, what were you before in civilian life and then what brought you here? Yeah. So before I was in real estate, I was the marketing manager for NASCAR at Iowa Speedway. Wow. And I was there for about five years and had, I mean, that was definitely a promotion. I didn't just come out of college and say, I'm the marketing manager. So um, there I was, you know, I wore lots of different hats. We had a very small team and really started in a lot of the grassroots marketing things, working one-on-one with the fans and worked my way up um, maybe not by choice, but by characteristics to being in charge of a lot of our large partners. So I was in charge of Coca-Cola, Chevy, about a million dollars worth of sponsorship. I I managed all of those relationships. So that's really where I ended. I mean, I was still doing the fan experience and and I had uh, staff underneath me as well that were taking on some of my duties. Um, But before I was at the Speedway, I was uh, actually on the marketing department at Iowa Realty. So I got that job right out of college and was only there about five months before the Speedway came knocking and said, we want you to come back because I had interned there. So So you you like dipped your toes in the, in the pond of real estate, but then stepped right out. huh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, when I was there, I was like, Oh, I should get, you know, my license and they Mm -hmm. didn't have any staff members. I don't think that that was something that was really, um, was real what they wanted didn't really want the marketing so what staff br- to what be brought licensed. you back in yeah you so um gina swanson if and many people probably don't know but we are related not by blood but through marriage so i uh, married gina's nephew luke um, that's one way to get into real estate yeah i mean i had lost my job at the speedway through covid and i knew gina was an agent you know i'd been looking for jobs and you know, after COVID, I think a lot of people lost their jobs. So there wasn't a whole lot out there. I obviously had a very niche, you know, I had a very niche idea of what I wanted. Not a lot of people were looking for NASCAR enthusiast experience from that marketing because I wore so many different hats. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to be in, I wanted to do something that I could use all of my skills. I wanted to be able to help clients. I wanted to be able to, it was nice to be able to manage my own schedule to, um, do marketing side of things as well, do the pretty postcards and mailers. So I had reached out to Gina, I don't know, probably four or five months after I had lost my job and was sick of sitting on the couch watching Netflix and doing house projects and um, thought about it for a while after we had a conversation, talked to Whitney and then decided to get my license. So hmm. so you you came to her and not the other way around? Yeah, I went to Gina. Okay to talk to her about what real estate was. Obviously I saw her successes. Um, We had just gone on a big family vacation down at the Gulf Shores. You are Gina's what? Um, I'm her 
niece through marriage, I guess. I don't know. When you marry somebody, does that make you their niece? A niece-in-law. My, my, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think my husband right. and her are only about 12 years apart. And so she likes to say that we're, uh, the same age or like more like sisters than I guess. She, my husband is more like her brother than her nephew. I'm not going to comment on any of that or the age <laughs> or anything else. So that's our joke. I mean, like when we tell clients or if, um, that ever comes out when we're talking to them, that's like the joke that we say. <laughs> so tell us about the first year. Um, obviously one of the most challenging things I think to get into, I think the barriers to entry today are actually harder than they've been for a while with this whole inventory crunch. And there's no open houses for new agents to do. There's, so, you know, the avenues in are a little different and there's some, uh, I wouldn't say protections, but if you're a, a top agent that has a big database that has access to listings that no one else can even see, that's a pretty helpful thing to have right now. So stepping in brand new first year, already challenging 75% failure rate. Um, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is, but it's also good. Um, yeah. I think it's, if it was easier, you would have a lot more competition later on. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll jump back to you, Katie. Tell us a little bit about that first year. More on the, how did it go? How did it feel? Like a train wreck the entire time, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's not like, uh, I mean, seriously, people laugh. Or I'll be in Connect and they'll be like, all right, who's got some case studies? And they all look at me, I swear. And they'll be like, well, Katie, what do you got going on? I'm like, because everyone goes wrong. Um, honestly... That first year was a lot, lot, lot of learning. And I know people say that, but I was literally going to every single continuing education that you guys offered. I was reading all the books. I was just trying to figure out as much as I possibly could and be a sponge to everything. So it was talking to every agent and figure out how they do things so that I could sculpt the way I wanted to. So that first year was a lot of systems and a lot of figuring out who I wanted to be in real estate because I promised myself walking into this career knowing my personalities and kind of my Achilles heel what I wanted to do and that was be very authentic to myself through this entire process and once you start stepping into a new field especially in sales it's very easy you know to not be as authentic to kind of be what your clients want to see and so that was a big part of my process was can I learn everything I can sure can I get people to see me in a new light sure right yoga to real estate is mm. Uh, a little little different, you know, that's, and are people going to trust me with selling their $500,000 house? You know, why should they? So really establishing the value there, but establishing the value for myself being, how can I be as authentic as possible? How can I make sure I'm enjoying this process along the way? How can I make sure that I'm creating these relationships where I want to do this and I can continue to use this drive in a positive direction? <laughs> I think you actually said a lot there. The, the authenticity thing is interesting because uh, a lot of people don't want to be in sales and you don't want to be the fake salesperson. You don't want to, especially I think you're driven towards authenticity. So the idea of becoming a chameleon and just peddling a product or I call it prostituting your relationships, <laughs> right? Um, so for you, figuring out how to sell while not feeling like that sleazy salesperson was part of the process. How, how do I reinvent myself to win people's trust without becoming something I don't want to be? Correct. Is that, is that fair? That's what you're saying? Yeah, 100%. And it was a train, you said train wreck? Is that what you said yeah. the first year? Because it was. It's just like, I remember the first day I got licensed, I 
put the post out on social media. Hey guys, I'm in, I'm in real estate. You know, I'm really excited about this friend, this endeavor. If you ever need anything. And, and right away, one of my friends had messaged me and said, we were actually mm. just looking at this house on Zillow. Can we go look at it tonight? And I'm like, Oh, hell no. I don't even know how to open a lockbox. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even, I don't even know how to request a showing. So no, um, <clears throat> maybe tomorrow we'll, uh, we'll push this back tomorrow and then I'll go into the office and figure out what I need to do. And so I think just from day one of going from, I know it sounds so dumb cause you look back now and you're like, well, of course you know how to do a lot of that stuff. But when you start out, it really is. No. I, you, the anxiety of yeah. how do I even get there? How do I do this? What do I say? Well, it's a lot of moving parts. And, and you take for granted what you know mm-hmm. today. But uh, I, what I found on that is so many times we're, we're, we're really focused in that first year on trying to get you guys to go out and start conversations and engage because we know that you can't learn all that other stuff sitting in a classroom for three three more weeks. You, know, you got to go open doors. And so you really got to jump in the pool. So the only way to learn this is to float out into the deep end and start to kind of tread water but it gets in a lot of people's way because not knowing how I'm going to fill in the purchase agreement or open that lockbox in the back of my brain really stops me from wanting to have a conversation with someone about whether they're interested in buying because it's it feels like I'm putting the cart and the horse out of order. I see that getting a lot of people's way. And it's so hard you to have felt the confidence. Yeah. yeah. So it's like you show up to a listing, you know, listing and you're opening the lockbox, you finally figure that out, you're walking around and you're trying to convince these people I get paid the same amount as Gina Swanson, you know what I mean, in this. And it's like, well, she has way more than I have to offer. And she could at least answer these questions where... I think that's a really good self-recognition. People failing to understand that in the first year is what gets in their way of success. I think you got to have a little humility and go, well, geez, I really don't know up from down here. Because yeah. then, you, then, then you start figuring out real value, like how to build something valuable for people. And that trust, that's where like the authenticity, I think, means so much. Like I really really can't stress that enough for me Mm. is these people came to me because they trusted me in other avenues. So when this Avenue, you know, opened up and they're like, Oh, Katie's in real estate. A lot of people were like, well, I trust you with anything. So it doesn't matter. And they gave me that opportunity to kind of build confidence in myself throughout it. When honestly you you don't really have a lot of confidence in yourself because you don't know any of the answers. You don't understand anything. Like, I mean, it is, you know, you're there. I want to write an offer and you're like, Oh, that's awesome. That's great. And meanwhile, you're having a panic attack in your car being like, I don't even know what this <laughs> says. I haven't read the purchase agreement. You know, sure. Let me try to get you a house. Like I wouldn't use me. So I'm glad you are. <laughs> yeah, it's a tricky process. How about you? First year, how did it feel? Um, constantly moving nonstop. I mean, definitely to echo what Katie said, you don't know what you're doing. Like, you know, your 40 hours that you go and sit in your you're learning that doesn't really prepare you to, I don't know, sell a house. So you learn a lot. Um, I learned a lot. I obviously had an amazing team member that I could go to and call and Marco Polo or whatever it was for all of my questions and asked a lot of questions throughout the Urbandale office. I think that that's one thing that, I mean, I didn't go and interview a lot of um, brokerages. Like I knew this is where I wanted to be. I knew the team I wanted to be. So coming in, realizing how good I have it to be able to ask as many questions as I ha- I was able to. I mean, I didn't know about time of transfer in a septic tank and I didn't know what a 1031 exchange was, but I, I do now. And every single, every single, you know, person that I helped buy a house or helped with the listing, it was just a learning opportunity. And I, I honestly don't think I will ever know enough. I will always, we will always be learning 
in this job and in this career. And so very nonstop. Um, we're on a lot of offers in my car between showings, you know, my poor husband got to do all of the things he wanted to do. Um, I shouldn't say poor. He was very lucky because he had all the time on his hands. I was gone a lot. Um, looks a little different now, but I was always, always busy, always moving. Well, you got to go chase what you can get in that first year, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think there is a time to get picky in time. Like once you build out a business and there's an opportunity to refer people that you don't want to work with or even pass on some opportunities. But that first year, I mean, I remember my first year, it's you hustle, you chase what you can get. Um, so, okay, very good. If you, Taylor, like how, how did, did you do better than you thought you would in your first year? Um, so I kind of come from a sales background. Like I did sales competitions in college. It's kind of nerdy, but I did it. I, you know, did sales, um, in my other careers or my past lives. And so I wasn't really worried about selling. Like I wasn't worried about being in front of people and talking to them about purchasing their house or, or not. I was mostly concerned about how do I get clients? How do I get people to, um, to help? And so, I, uh, yeah, I guess I just wasn't really worried about that side of things. How did you get clients? Um, well, obviously I, I was on a team. So some of them came to me that way. Um, I was, I don't like to call myself a converter because I don't want to do calls. It's not okay. like my, I don't wake up and I'm like, I want to make 50 calls. Um, but I was able to convert quite a few clients from sign calls as well, which okay. worked out really, really well. And then Gina's signs. Yeah. Gina signs. Um, and it was crazy. She said, Hey, call this person. They want to see the house. So I'd meet them at the house. And then by the end of our tour, they're like, we want to put an offer and we ended up, um, a couple of them were multiple offer situations as well, but worked okay. out really well where we were able to duel on those. And then um, some friend referrals. I had a few people from the Speedway that were um, coworkers of mine that no longer needed to live in Iowa. So they moved and I sold their house um, and then purchasing some for a lot of first time mm -hmm. home buyers. So that was an interesting response. I asked, did you, did you think, did you do better than you thought you would? And you're kind of, you kind of got a strut there. You're like, I, I can sell. Yeah. I wasn't really worried about, yeah, I did. You okay. I, I always think I can be doing better. So to me, did I do enough? I don't think I did enough. I know that's really bad and I should look at all of the things that I did and I should look at mm. the, I try not to look at the numbers cause I know that that's not important. But to me, you can always be doing more. Like I came from a very similar background as Katie. What's this podcast called? More Than More. Okay, because... We can always be doing more. Because <laughs> realtors have a I disease. I don't think that's what it's meant. It's meant it's, no, it's the opposite of that, silly. It's meant to be that every year we wake up and we go, holy cow, how do I do more than last year? And yeah. it's, that's a sickness to some extent. So Yeah, I, I mean, like I grew up very similar to Katie. I'm like my dad's a fairway manager. I had an interview before I turned 14, which mm -hmm. I think is illegal. Um, and at 16, I was working two jobs and I worked yeah. two jobs until this career. So like for me, like... I like selling houses. I love talking to clients. This is fun for me. So the busy, the more I'm working and the busier I am, like, I, I don't know, like if I'm sitting on a Sunday or a Saturday, which I feel like right now, the way the market is, sometimes we're not out showing as much as we were. You're feeling bored or guilty? I'm like bored. Mm. Yeah. I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah, you I need both, to be doing more. You both definitely have some drive and work ethic and. Yeah. How about you? Did you do better or uh, than you imagined in your first year? 
Yes. Yes and no. I think it's kind of one of those things where it's kind of a catch-22. I remember when I got into real estate, um, Rachel had asked me, how much do you want to make? And I said, I'm going to make six figures. And I think she kind of raised her eyebrows at me and was like, yeah, okay. And I was like, oh, you you don't get me. Like, yeah, <laughs> I will do it. Like, give me a challenge. I will do it. Um, and that's just what I wanted. And so starting to put that energy out there to say, I'm capable of this. I will work as hard as I need to to make this happen um, is great. But also at the same time, obviously, you have in the back of your head, like, that's your confidence side. And there's always the yin and the yang to that, right? And the other side is like, how the hell am I going to sell one house, let alone enough to make, you know, it, it is so frightening when you get started and that's just part of it. And I think that I was lucky enough to honestly have my first year go really well because I understand that not everyone is put in that position and I just can't imagine. Like I, I had to make it work and there was no plan B it was like I had taken a year off, all my savings I had spent, I had redone a house, and I was sitting there, and I was like, bank account's going to zero, mm-hmm. so uh, I'm going to sell houses whether I got to rip my arm off to do it, like I got to make it happen. I think having to make it work is a big key to this thing. I, I, it's weird. I kind of go back and forth on this. So on the one hand, I'm like, man, if, if, it's, if you got to do this and you got the motivation, you put in the time, you go make it happen, it seems like a, a key to success, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, though, I've also seen, because in between that is what I call the death spiral, where you're working 15 to 20 hours a week somewhere, you got one foot in real estate, but then your 15 hours becomes 25 because you need a little more cash, 25 becomes 30, and the next thing you know, you're really doing nothing to make real estate happen. And I've seen that many, many times over the years. But but I also have seen um, people kind of fly out of control two months in because they're so freaked out about needing to sell houses. And so having a little money in the bank um, can also help with stability. So I, I guess maybe it's different for every person. It sounds like for you, at least, um, having your back against the wall and having to go make this work was a driver. And that totally fits my personality where I've talked to other new agents and they might have a significant other or, you know, when you ask someone, oh, should I get into real estate? They're like, oh, you should have six months reserve and it takes a lot of money. And it yep. takes, well, every startup cost I put on my credit card, it didn't have a very high limit just so we're clear. Like you hate saying those things. And I hate that that's a part of my story, but it is a part of my story. And you can't really say those things very proudly. And not that I even say that now until you're, you know, you look back right? Like I listen to Abby's or you listen to all these other podcasts and you're like, oh, that's a great story. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, but when you're in the thick of it, you're like, this is awful. And that's just where I was at. And that worked for my personality, but I've Mm. talked to other new agents where that, I think that'd be, I think it would be awful and they need some support and they need some, and that's wonderful too. So it is, I see it both ways as well. Oh, you got to know yourself. But the problem is people stepping into this business, no matter how much we warn them about how challenging that first six months is, they, you get a lot of kind of confident nods where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah sure, yeah. I, I got this. <laughs> and for many of them, it doesn't work out. So um, obviously something you did worked out and it was right. So why don't we jump to that? Like, can you guys, uh, and I'll just throw it, here, I'll talk to the middle of the room like this. <laughs> anyone can answer. What, uh, what do you think you did right in your first year? What worked for you? Um, being flexible. Okay. I think that's a big thing is just being able to roll with the punches. 
and oh, and sure. understanding that you're you're not going to know everything, and so you have to to ask. I think that's something that you have to be open to. That worked. A hundred percent with the flexible, and I think definitely for me was I, I always found the answer. I was always willing to find the answer because mm-hmm. you don't know very much, mm. and so I think that was my biggest. Like if you're willing to be flexible and be like, I have no idea, but I will work my freaking hardest till I figure it out. Like, I, I don't know, but I will find it. And I'll, I think that was the biggest part is like every time you get knocked back down or every time, like you got it. I know that sounds cliche. Every time you get knocked back down, you got to get back up. Like it's one thing to say it, but it's the next thing to like constantly be told no or have something go poorly. Mm-hmm. Right. And then have to keep showing up. Like you still got to go into the office the next day and try again. Well, in the honesty of saying, you know, I don't know, mm-hmm. but let me, let me, find out and I'll get right back to you is one of the most powerful scripts you can learn in your first, well, frankly in life, but certainly in your first year of real estate. Sounds like you used that one a couple of times. A lot of times. I still use that one all the time. <laughs> well, you guys did great, but I'll, I'll shoot straight with you. It's not till year three that you've really encountered a bunch of stuff and you're five and 10. You're still, you're definitely still learning things. I think when you get to 10, 15, some of these guys, 20 years, right? I think you've figured out all the moving parts of real estate, but then it's just this constant growing on the business side is where you get to shift your energy. So it is cool how, yeah, never ending learning in this space. Which is kind of nice. Like if you, I can't imagine being in a career that's monotonous. That's the same thing day in and day out. I've arrived. Yeah. I'm done. That does, that's not exciting to me. Mm. So being able to, constantly be learning things whether it's in a classroom or through a transaction i think it's great i I think everyone should want that in their in their career so let me go deeper on that question again i want to ask it a different way what uh what do you think made you successful or as successful as you were in that first year specifically are you talking like general concepts either I, i i if you look back and you're like yeah i actually had a really good year and I think it went maybe better than, well, it went better than most new, new agents first year goes. It was a, a, that's great, great production, great numbers. And so um, I asked you what you did right. And now I'm asking what you think uh, made you successful. I think um, part of my success was definitely being on a team and being positioned in that way. I went back before our podcast and just kind of looked at like, what would I, you know, what would have happened if it was potentially just me? Um, so definitely having, what would have happened? Um, I would have done about a third of, of maybe the transactions. I would have been induced, introduced to about a third less of the clients that I was because able to help. You know how to sell, but your biggest concern or struggle or fear was how to get the opportunities. Yep. So joining a team gave you the opportunities. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, also just having that support from the things I don't know having, yeah. not that I wouldn't have gotten that with any other agent, but just having that quick response right away. Um, because I feel in, in the jobs that I've done with selling, if I don't know it, if I don't know the product really well, I'm not going to be as confident going in. I know we talked a little bit about confidence and trust. And yeah. so for me to be able to do some shadowing, kind of like what Katie did and to be able to have experiences right away and a lot of showings or a lot of being able to put right offers um, helped me be more successful and more confident with the clients as the year went on. Yeah. uh, What did Jason call that? Getting your reps in. Mm -hmm. I mean, just 
time in the pool is what I would call it. How about you? What do you think made you successful? It's going to sound like word vomit, and that's okay, because I think we'll figure it out as we go. I'm, I'm, Isn't that I've what the whole podcast is? Yeah, pretty much. lots of word vomit. And um, I've got many hours of interpreting your uh, yeah. your sentences. <laughs> then so. It'll be like, okay, a few minutes, and Dylan's going to make it sound really nice. Um, <laughs> Taylor talked about confidence, and I think when a lot of people meet me, they think I, I ooze with confidence. Um, you know, yes and no, right? Both. What what made me successful was taking the, the momentum and running. So she was talking about confidence, and I'm, first of all, the best bullshitter you will ever meet. Don't play me in poker because I don't even know what I'm doing, but I will win because I am great at bullshitting. And that's pretty much what my first year in real estate was. And so the authenticity piece, I remember seeing this for sale by owner in my hometown, and it was gorgeous. Oh my God. It was a gorgeous house. It was so gorgeous. It was like just beautiful. It was like this $540,000 house. And I, I had never listed a house just so we're clear. Mm. And I remember seeing it and thinking, wow, that is so beautiful. Like I, I could just ooze over this house. And so I was like, you know what? So I reached out to them and I kind of ish knew their family ish. And I was like, well, their family's super fun. So like, I'll like, it'll be fine. So I called them. I said, Hey, I have a buyer who could be possibly interested. Um, can I come and just just preview the property to see if it's a good fit for them? And they're like, yeah, that's great. Okay. And that was some bullshitting, but it wasn't a lie. You know, people pop out of the wall all the time. Maybe they <laughs> want, I didn't have any buyers in that price range, but I could. Um, so I went and spent like an hour and a half with them. Not once did I ask to list their house. Just got to know them as humans. Mm. I mean, just had the best time talking to them, oozed over their house because I, I loved it. I mean, I loved it all. And especially from a design standpoint and the thoughtfulness so we talked for an hour and a half and at the end of it, they were like, so here's the deal. We don't really know how any of this works. Just all the local real estate agents in this small town, we can't imagine paying them a commission because they just put signs in the yard and like take pictures with their iPhone. Like we can do a better job at that. And I was like, I 100% understand because in my hometown, those agents are very old school. Like we all know those people where it's like, you know, an iPhone photo would be an overstatement. Like mm -hmm. it's not even that. And iPhone six. Yes. <laughs> and so I was like, I knew I could show up to that property and be authentic and be authentic with them. And I was. That listing sold for five, five thirty-ish. You got the listing? I got the listing. Yeah. So they asked me to list it. That turned into they just bought three hundred thousand dollars worth of land and they're gonna build. Mm. They referred their brother, because their brother might want to build on land, which was a five hundred thousand dollar deal. I have a listing appointment this week for a seven hundred and fifty to eight hundred thousand dollar house because of it. Did they know you in the they never asked, and so I never said anything. And I remember the photographer showing up because I, I showed up to that listing appointment. When I got done, I was like, yeah, I'd love to talk to you about it. How about tomorrow at noon? Like, how do I come back over your lunch hour? And they were like, yeah, sure. And I came with all my listing docs, and I was like, how do you feel about this number? This is what it looked like. Here's what it shows. They were like, yeah, you know, honestly, I think I'd be okay with that, but how long is it going to take to get listed? And I was like, my photographer is free tomorrow at 9 a.m., and I have the listing documents right here. Mm. And they signed them right there. And that photographer showed up and I was like, yeah, this is my trusted photographer. And he's like, is this your first listing? I was like, yes. I was like, please don't say that out loud. <laughs> it's not that I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to lie, but let's not offer the information. Yeah. So it's like running with momentum. It's not that I felt confident about listing a $500,000 house. You have no idea yeah, how much you, stress. You tried. I tried. You put yourself in the line, right? You, you went out. You and that turned into, like I took the momentum and I ran with mm -hmm. it. And even though I was scared to freaking death, I mean, scared. Don't think I'm not scared to go to a $750,000 listing appointment next week. Like, what? 
what if they look at me and think I'm a total phony? And they're like, you should not be listening to this house. And I'm like, but I'm going to go in there and I'm going to be cool as a cucumber and I'm going to give everything that I have. And if that's not enough, that's okay. But I'm just, I have what I have and that's what I'm here to offer. All of that. How you like that? Boom. Boom. Mic drop. That was great. <laughs> we can't I even feel drop really inspired. Like, I feel like I need to go, like, downstairs and lock myself in one of the rooms and just get to work. Just so I'm going to, like, call you guys next week and be like, I didn't get the listing crying. And you're going to be like, wow, Katie, wow. Just go start knocking on $4 million doors. Yeah. <clears throat> I love I, your house. Can I list it? I feel like that's what I'm going to be doing pretty soon north of, uh, south of Grand. Look, it, it takes a lot of confidence in that first year. We've already talked about the con the courage i think is what i meant it takes yeah. a lot of courage and we've talked about the deficit of confidence that every new realtor has i mean frankly you'd have to well there's just no way to learn this other than going out and bumping your shins so you know you talked about bsing i i think to some extent every one of us have felt some extent of that because um the first few conversations you have only you know, unless they're <laughs> friends. And that's actually a great way to start is a good close friend that knows you're brand new and you're just learning. But otherwise, yeah, you uh, you know deep down inside what you don't know. And that's what makes it so scary. And you got to pretend, but you also, you know, what I, what I love about it is, did you provide professional photography for that listing? Oh yeah, I spent like a thousand dollars. So you did better than an iPhone 6. I did. I yeah. did do it. The, yeah. the bar was low. And you knew nothing <laughs> about a lot of things, but you knew enough to get that done. Mm -hmm. And that's what they wanted. And so sometimes being new, I, I used to BS. Um, one of the little scripts that I learned early on when I listed houses, I used to sell in Ames. And one of the scripted questions that sellers will often ask is, you know, how much real estate do you sell in this price range or in this neighborhood? Um, and I, I remember always saying, yeah, I, I actually don't have a lot of listings. Like, I'm not one of the bigger listing agents in town. I only really have these two, but here's why that's important to you. Because that means I've got time for you. And I actually intentionally, and this was the BS part, <laughs> I intentionally don't take a lot of listings <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> because I, I want to be able to dedicate my time to my clients. And, you know, so much of this is just having a, a, a well thought through response to those questions and being more confident than you feel and i think that's something we all struggle through in the, and frankly not just in this career i think that's part of life we call that the four c's by the way i need to courage commitment. you remember this yeah i do i have it written on my board we undervalue courage and we've got to plow through courage but to get there we first got to make a commitment you got to decide i'm going to step in so commitment leads to courage courage leads to capability because once you've done that you've now developed a capability and once you have that capability that's where confidence comes from so everything we've ever learned in our lives has gone through that sequence and we forget that when you learn to drive a car you have to go through that sequence and now it's like old hat and automated right i can open a lockbox now yeah don't even have go. to worry about it <laughs> so what would you guys if you could go back and now this is specific to you because each of you are very different right but what would you go back and tell a year ago, Taylor, a year ago, Katie, that would maybe help your, your narrative a little bit? Like, what would you figure out that you'd like to whisper in your ear back then? Everything's going to be okay. Uh, yeah. You know, like, you're not buying the house. And so you need to take your emotions out of the sale. Ooh. Because you know you love these people. I feel like every client that I have, 
becomes a part of my family. And you really want the, you know, you just got to take your own emotions out of it. And what, what does that mean? Explain that. Take your emotions. Um, like, you got to sleep at night. So you shouldn't be up thinking about them losing out on an offer, knowing that you did what you can or um, laying out all of the facts for them and letting them, you know, make their decision and, and, and not putting yourself, I mean, obviously putting yourself in their shoes and, and giving them their advice, but not taking an emotional toll on, on a loss or of something that happened. So just, just knowing that everything's going to be okay tomorrow, the sun will rise and Mm -hmm. it will be a new day. Yeah. You cannot get married to that commission. You know, you, you write the offer, you show the house immediately. You do the math. The the only math realtors are good at is 3% multiplying by 3%. (laughs) And so you've got this number in your head of what I might earn. And then all of a sudden it's an inspection or a negotiation or something. And now your, you said emotions and I think it's emotions, but also your wallet Mm -hmm. gets in purse. You say wallet. Yeah. Okay. Fanny pack, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not that. How about your credit card? Your credit card comes into play. So I really like that. Uh, take your, it, it's going to be okay. Take your emotions out of the sale. Mm-hmm. How about you? What would you tell yourself from a year ago? You got to go through it. Ooh, like you got to earn your stripes kind of thing or? When, ah, man, my first few months of real estate were rough. Mm. I mean, like really, 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 really rough. Um, Seriously, and I... That was four reallys. No, and it, I mean, I should have put four more on there. Like, I just remember, and I I laugh with Bob all the time, because it was really rough. Like, especially, like, it was very emotional for me getting this award, Um, and especially seeing, like, Cindy and Bob and Brittany, Mm. like, say such kind things about me, because they really know my story. Like, they really understand how hard it was for me to get here, and how many times I just wanted to give up, or just say, like, F this, I hate this, like there were just so many factors playing into it. Um, and it was just rough, man. It was rough. It was a rough few first months. Is it just because you were financially against the wall? Is this because the learning, the process was so hard? Do you care to? I mean, financials always bring stress. And I had, I'm kind of, one of the, I always thought this was a stupid saying, like burn all the boats, but that's what had to happen in my life. Cause mm-hmm. it's like when I, when I sat on this cash cushion, I was like, oh, I'll figure it out eventually. I'll figure it out eventually. Like, this is okay. I'm just going through this process. Well, when that pretty much hit zero and it was like, okay, now my back's against the wall. I wish I'd have figured this out months ago. And that's not the point of it. Like I had to get to that point for me personally. So that was a stress. And you talk about like losing commissions, like on that first 500 and something thousand dollar guy, I got a sign call. Someone was like, I want to get full price right now. And I was like, whoa. You'd already spent the money. (laughs) Uh, In my head, I was like, I have no, this is too good to be true. And it was, guess what? It was too good to be true. <laughs> and then it, it it didn't go like I thought it would. And that was heart. That sale? No, getting into real estate. Ah. I mean, it was soul crushing for me. <laughs> it was harder than you thought? I was so excited. I was so excited to be a part of something. Uh-huh. And just so excited to, to be challenged. And I had... I had this like light that lit again in me that when I started the studio I had and it just, it brought so much fulfillment to me because that's really important in my life. I realized like what I do in my career is a big part of how I'm wired. And so when that went so poorly in the first few months, it just knocked me down so hard. Um, and that was hard to come back from. Yeah. It, 
It's interesting. You'll you'll have reflections on that as you age and grow and look back. Um, that brought you in, yeah. and yeah, not not everything. Uh, I think you 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 had a picture in your brain of what you wanted to build, and that wasn't the the right formula for you two as a team in the beginning. And so I I think you'll celebrate that chapter, and I think it all seems like it worked out pretty well. But yes, it is challenging. Just real estate's dip. yeah, it looks very shiny and pretty on the outside, and then you get into it, and yeah. you're like, "Whoa, this is not what Facebook showed." Well, and it's kind of what I tell buyers now. Like when we're doing our buyer consult, I say we're gonna do a big buyer tour, and it's the closest thing to HGTV that you're gonna experience throughout this entire process. And I think that's the same thing as we go into real estate and we're like, Ooh, shiny houses. We're going to go yeah. look at all these things. And then you're like, Oh, okay. I need to understand a contract. I need to know all of these definitions. I need to understand the lending por- portion of it. How do and I I'm not, fight with an appraiser? Yeah. How do I have these difficult conversations, whether it's with my buyers, with another agent, yeah. whatever, you know, whoever it needs to be. But those are all of the things that we're prepared because we're told when we're talking to other agents, but you really don't know until you're in it. No, there's just massive misconceptions about what selling real estate really means. And there's no way to really cure for that. Mm-hmm. So we have to try to find the right kinds of people with the right mindsets that we know are good cultural matches. And then all we can do is lay out, it's a little bit like parenting actually, <laughs> but slowly but surely you can't really make your kid who they're going to be. 90% of that's hardwired. You can just put the bumpers up to create a safe fish path for them to figure it out. Half of raising good real estate agents is that. We can't teach you. you you've just, we just got to drown you in the information slowly but surely, and you've got to like soak in it like marinating a steak. <laughs> These are terrible metaphors. I mixed like five <laughs> things there. What did you totally screw up in the first year? Like what did you do wrong? Um, all of it. I hope that no one that I've helped is listening to this podcast. <laughs> Be careful. I did nothing wrong. No, um, there's lots of things that I did wrong. I mean, geez, I didn't sign my text message that I was Taylor Heard Realtor until about four or five months <laughs> in when I was texting other agents. And they'd be like, who is this? You know, I oftentimes couldn't get a door open, had to go around to a house. Try, you know, like th- those are just like the things that people see, not to mention you know, you stress out about your first contract that you're putting together. Did I miss something up? Did I miss word something? How about this? What would you have done differently, Taylor? I don't know if I would have done anything differently because okay. I learned from it. You know, I um, one of my very first deals was working on was an acreage, which I'd never even really probably been on an acreage before. And I, <laughs> I, uh, you know, we had to do the time of transfer for the septic system and I knew nothing about it. I'm like, what is, what is a septic system? How'd you get through it? Um, Gina with, or? uh, hands held, uh, Brian was Swanson was oh. the lender on it. Um, and we had, oh gosh, I made a lot of mistakes. Um, we, you know, had a very delayed closing. We actually closed on New Year's Eve at 1230 Real Clear State and did wow. it so we could get it through. Um, but I learned a lot about communicating and I learned a ton. And I think if I wouldn't have made all of these mistakes, like sending the inspection statement to the people that probably shouldn't have seen it, mm. um, which delayed everything so much, then I, then I wouldn't have known not to do it before. I think the mistakes I made, I would have made no matter what. Yeah, it's part of the learning curve. How about you? What would you do different? Mm. Or did you did you totally screw something up along the way? 
It's like, on, there's Katie, so many stories. You got to say something so I don't sound. <laughs> no. Uh, no, I definitely screwed plenty, plenty up. Um, I think there was a lot of times where, well, Dylan told me I screwed things up very often. Um, like, even that big Man, deal. come on. It's like the Just hardest on me, I swear. Tell that Which, story better now. <laughs> Go ahead. Dylan said it was not impressive, but I did this much in real estate. People do it all the time. And I remember being like, well, damn, Dylan. Like, yo. I'm not looking for, I just need like a one pat on the back. Not like three, just like one. Um, no. So I think for sure, like I remember in that deal, like taking care of your clients, uh, something I still struggle with a lot. Um, cause I'm kind of a, like a justice warrior in some ways. Like you talk about you being that. And I remember feeling like my client was wrong. Oh, my client was, they were wrong. First of all, they were wrong, period. They were backing out of this contract. They had just put my sellers up shit Creek and, I was like, ooh, you are wrong, and you need to know you're wrong. And then Dylan told me that was absolutely wrong. I should never do that. Um, Did you figure that out? Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, we avoided that legal battle on my first No, I mean, did you figure out why I said (laughs) that? Legal battle. Yeah, so I didn't get sued. Um, (laughs) It was one of those things where it was like, you don't know what you don't know. And another thing is, like Taylor talked about, is like the emotional pieces. I think there were plenty of times where I did let emotions – get in the way of things and and it took you kind of chewing on me a little bit and saying like you have nothing to do with this that is not your freaking job and I was like but it is and you're like it is not your freaking job and I was like oh okay well he probably she, knows what he's talking I'm about telling you she quotes me so poorly I think do you have like a just like a big sheet like Dylan quotes <laughs> <laughs> the problem is these Dylanisms have been like transliterated <laughs> into your version of them, your language. The I, woke I, language, right? Isn't that what woke, we started with? Something so like that. Woke air quotes. <laughs> I don't know what that even means. I'm an old person, I swear. Um, but yeah, so like I think I mixed mess a lot of that up just because I wasn't. I didn't know how to handle myself yet. I didn't know how to handle myself in those situations. It's good. Yeah, g- getting it's back to the emotional thing. Getting tied up in these things, and and honestly, guys, it's easy to offer advice from the sidelines. It's a lot easier from the sidelines than it is when you're on the field because you've been punched in the face now for three months by these people, or it feels that way at least. And so, whatever's going on now doesn't feel isolated, right? So my job is to help you see the one percent that actually matters in the circumstance so that you can actually move the ball forward. But isn't the 1% is not what interests you sometimes, right? It's the 99% of mm-hmm. all the other stuff that I've dealt with in this circumstance. So it's a challenging uh, job, both, both from my side, but more from your side, having to separate yourself from all the drama and how you feel and figure out the, the little lever that actually matters that moves the ball forward. And sometimes that's eating a lot of humble pie where you know you're right and you know they're wrong, but it's about picking your battles. And that's, I think, where I'm challenging. I have back in that context was challenging you. I think you got to, we've all got to figure that out. And sometimes it means you got to let someone get away with something that really sucks and isn't right. But you got to decide if you, if you want to win the war. And the war is building a smart business um, and putting people uh, first, even if it means they step on your toes. It's not easy, is it? <laughs> no oh gosh no but it's good this is a great business you guys uh i think you'll develop more and more gratitude that's what's happened to me the last few years is i've developed more and more gratitude for this industry and 
all these stories that I get to see of people building careers and changing family trees through this industry that, and we're not selling vacuum cleaners, you know, we're, we're engaging in a pretty meaningful part of people's lives. Not that vacuuming is unmeaningful. How about uh, if we go out? So if we're sitting here in a, in a bigger podcast studio with a, a, a bigger table, um, but it's three years from today and we're looking back where would you be? What would you have accomplished um, for you to be happy with your progress? Where do I want to be in three years? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, but I'm not looking forward. I'm looking backwards. So I pretend it's three years from today and we're looking backwards over three years. What have you pulled off? What have you accomplished for you to be happy with where you're at? Um, a good work-life balance, which I think I've heard every single person say on the podcast that I've mm -hmm. listened to so far. And I think it's going to be the challenge that I have moving forward mm -hmm. just with, you know, starting a family and hopefully looking back, we'll maybe have more children. So I think having a good work-life balance and being present mm -hmm. in my future child and future children's life and being successful, um, being able to keep this momentum going, I think that's one of the realities that I'm looking at this year is, you know, 2021 was awesome and I want to just keep keep going mm -hmm. um but also know the reality that you know i did take like three months off for maternity leave still kind of worked in between so yeah. i cannot expect that first quarter to look like last year's first quarter you're pretty square on that in your head yeah there's no like anxiousness about trying to beat beat last year or or um uh i hope so i there's no anxiousness okay. i think there's a stark reality that i'm aware that my life has dramatically changed. So yeah. if I can continue to have the successes that I had in 2021 and be an awesome mom and be an awesome wife, three looking back, you know, the three years, and th then I'll be really happy. Keep up the sales, awesome mom, awesome wife balance. Yes. That's four bullet points. I love it. <laughs> yes. I need uh, to have a poster. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on the wall. Yeah. How about you? Three years. Uh, looking back, um, I hope, I hope. I will have, is probably the way you're supposed to word that, uh, have brought people along for the journey, created my own, that togetherness that I'm looking for, that, uh, I don't know, the tribe. Tribe, yes. Yeah. When I look back after three years, I think I'm going to have a tribe with me. So we've talked a little bit about this. You, you picture in the future, maybe bringing on a couple of people to work with and under and alongside you. Yeah. I yeah. think I'm a little like Ethan in that. Like, I think that that's a part of what my journey is going to be. Um, and if not, it's not. That's okay, too. But I think that that would fill me in a really good way to be able to share with people and help them along in that journey as well. Instead of looking for someone to hold my hand. Yeah. Maybe it's more like being Which is with part of your disappointment in, in stepping into the business because you didn't imagine doing it as a team initially and that didn't work out the way you, you pictured. But that seems to me like that's as important to you as any production metric or anything. Yeah, um, because there comes a point where you can live off what you have, right? So it's like, of course the money's great. Like my goal this year is to pay off all my student loans. Mm. So like the money makes things possible, but at the same time, like there comes a point where it's like, I have everything I need, you know, if you, if you live with your means and it's always great to have more, but there money can't fill that for me. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, I would love to make some of the money that the other agents are doing and like what I could do with that. But that's not what this kind of hole is that I'm trying to, mm -hmm. to fill. 
yeah, there's something cool about doing it together, right? Mm -hmm. And with with your people. I don't know. We are kind of chatty Cathy's in on our team, so we don't get a whole get, lot. Get we don't get a whole lot done when we're all sitting together in My the office. My office is next to theirs, and they do chat all the time. <laughs> but it is more fun to do it with people alongside of you. I will give you that. We have a lot of fun on our team. So, I, go ahead. I will put this plug in there because Dylan paid me to do this. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, I didn't get paid. Yeah, I didn't even get a nice water. Like I was expecting, like Voss water or something. God, in three years you better have Voss water or something. But um, Taylor, can you hear that? It's hard for me to win with this one. <laughs> yeah, I will say that I was not expecting in real estate when I got into it to have as much togetherness in this brokerage. I did not expect this at all. Mm. Like <clears throat> these people are my people. They're they're here. Like I I have these people that are just incredible you know what I mean so it's like I think I got so much more than I ever expected from my brokerage and that has filled me so much just to have the Bobs and the Cindy's and the Britney's and the Melanie's and the Tom's and and all those people like that that is incredible and I was not ever expecting to get that in this kind of atmosphere connect yeah connect's was really good for me yeah, yeah I love connect I'm gonna be really sad when I graduate like Five months. I'm at the top of the like list of <laughs> agents. I'm like fourth. We can so give you like a two month leeway because you were rookie award winners. I but feel like I should just be able to like, can we just like pop in? You know, <laughs> you can pop in anytime you want. But I've literally had to walk people to the door. Like there are agents that after two years, they stuck <laughs> around for way too long. And I had to say, yeah, well, <laughs> I'm going to be here at Mondays at one, just like working, mm. <laughs> you know, ducking my head. head I love it. It, it, get, it starts my week off right. Taylor, that's the fourth time you forgot your bag in Connect. <clears throat> yeah, please leave. Oh yeah, I was like, wait, in here. you just don't want to go. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. I'm gonna be really sad. I do I, think that space is one of the better things we've done, and, and Angela and Teske mm -hmm. and others have done a great job of creating a space where people can share and collaborate. And I do think that makes even that first year not just easier, but uh, more meaningful too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you do, you do have a tribe. I can add. I mean. There are things that I've asked in Connect that I am just way too timid and scared to uh, ask in meeting. the team meeting. So yeah. it's nice to be around people who are in the same boat mm. as you and be able to ask those questions or other people ask questions and you're like, oh yeah, I had that, you know, that same experience mm. last week. So yeah, Connect, I'm going to be really sad to leave. Yeah, I've got a $500,000 listing. What do I do now is probably <laughs> a weird question to ask at a team meeting. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You're so <laughs> ridiculous. You have no idea. And connect, you don't sound so dumb when you ask questions. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, let's close with this um, uh, advice. I'll put you guys on the spot. So, advice we've got new agents starting. We've got a lot of new agents starting, and we find really good people. I think we do a good job of that. Um, but it's hard the first year. So, what advice would you offer to new agents getting in today? Take it away. You want to go first? Or me too. I actually wrote this one. Ooh, I, I this was the preparation. That yeah, you I, had, I had a feeling that this was going to be a question that you asked. Um, okay, so my advice is stay busy, whether you're actually busy or you're not. Always look busy. I had a lot of people who mm. saw my posts on Instagram and Facebook, and they're like, oh, my gosh, you are doing so well. You're, you know, you're so busy. You're so so even though in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, no, I was just, you know, toured five houses and spread that out. Stay, look as busy as you can. It was really good. Can I, I want to say it again, because you said stay busy. But then you said, even if you're 
not busy look busy. Yeah. I really yeah. like that. You know, because Katie talked, we both talked about, you're trying to build trust. You're trying to show people that you know what you're doing yeah. and that you've been a part of this industry forever um, when you haven't. So even if you, you know, you're showing five houses, take as many pictures or get there a little early and, and show, show it on your social media. So mm -hmm. people know what you're doing all day long. Um, it's really good. I said hustle and always be down to say yes. So we have a lot of people who are posting on the Facebook group. I've got a showing I need to, um, I need someone to cover every single showing that you go on is going to be a learning opportunity. Yep. So if you're not doing anything on a Saturday, sure. Would you like to be in your sweatpants and watching Disney movies? Yes. But you're going to get more out of going and showing that listing and whether it's because you learn something about the house or just learning about how to interact with clients, you're going to get something out of it. So say yes and hustle, even if you're not feeling motivated to do so. That's really good. I'm glad you prepared that. Yeah. See, I do so much better when I can prepare and write things down. <laughs> do you want to do this again later? And we yeah. Can have if you could notes? give me all of the questions. Well, you already know them now. I know. Yeah. I would like to redo. Um, and the last thing I have is, and I think we've hit on it too. There's, there's no stupid questions. And I think that you can probably talk to any agent in any office and they'll help you. So don't be afraid to ask questions because when you don't ask questions and you think you know what you're doing, you're probably not doing it right. So make sure you ask, stop and ask questions and know that what you're asking five other people have probably asked that agent before. That's really good. Yeah. See, I do so, it's so much better to be prepared. <laughs> One of the rules is you're not allowed to be prepared. Before I know. On the I told you, Katie, I said, <laughs> I'm gonna, Taylor did. I said, I think I'm going to write a couple notes down just to, you know, <laughs> like, what the hell? We need and notes. Katie was like, I'm not preparing anything. What? I'm going with, what? rolling with the punches. <laughs> if you show up with like notes and notes of paper, <laughs> yeah. then you end up having your head on all that instead of just having a conversation. Yeah. You did great agree. unprepared, but you really finished with a bang. Thanks. So nice I'll just tell everyone to My fast job. forward. Just go to the last five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? Advice? I think always being authentic to yourself, like finding a way to do this business that's authentic to you. And when you look at some of the top producers and those people, like they're all different and they're supposed to be. Mm. It, it, every way works, right? There's no wrong way to do it. So be authentic to yourself. And it's okay if you're like bullshitting some of that as you go. Like, that's all right. But, like, let that still be authentic to you. Um, and then figure it out. Like, it doesn't it doesn't matter if you don't know what the hell you're doing. It doesn't matter. But you have to figure it out. So, regardless, like, go ask. Go, go shadow. Go, like, you got to figure it out. Yeah, authenticity is a big word for you, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's always been one of my pillars of business. Because then you just, yeah. I think that's my thing. I can definitely be a chameleon anywhere and then you don't know who the hell you are, you know? Well, I feel like there's so many different people in the world too. You know, everybody's different. Every home owner is different. And so you're going to find the people that vibe with your tribe and oh. are going to want to work with you. really good. Hashtag vibe with your tribe. Now, if you put that on a mug, I need rights. But you're going to- free mug. You're going to find people that want to buy homes and want to sell homes that fit <laughs> you and- your your team or you're going to work with people or you're going to you work with don't get along with yeah and then so. you're going to refer you know know the next mm. time to refer them out that's this is maybe marketing. not as a new agent you won't do that but that's how when you learn you take them all in the first yes year. you do 
No, I mean, Katie, to your point, I, I think it, that that speaks to me, to agent archetypes and the idea that we, there is no one size fits all. You got to figure out who you are and then you got to go find something you believe in because then, then you got to put your head down and execute. And, you know, it gets easier. It really does. I think that earning your stripes is a phrase I'm using a lot these days because I look at our agents that are just killing it. And it didn't come easy. They worked really, really hard to get to where they are. But once you're over that hump, I love that it's so hard in the first year because that's what keeps everybody out. And so earning your spot in that tribe of producers down the line, is it's still hard. It's still a lot of work. But I can tell you they're not working near as hard as new agents have to have to work to get the business or figure out the lockbox, right? And so you get to reorient your attention to other more interesting parts of the business. So it gets e easier every year. You guys did a good job on the first one, so I'm guessing it'll be plenty of fun moving forward. Um, how how does this feel? I wish I would have been able to prepare for Still? every question. <laughs> But it was good. It was, it was fun. Uh, you, you did great. <laughs> I feel like this is like a cool recording studio that we should all like utilize. Uh, if you can use it if you need to, yeah. You know, like some radio. I, think, I don't know about I know radio. Cool. This is just like a shitty little desk here. I was thinking like <laughs> VIP status in the podcast. I mean, it's just a desk. You it's could like table. wrap it to look like wood. Dude, yeah. Put Nicer like drinks, a man. Century 21 logo down it. Should have had a latte that. waiting for me. I'd have been like, Can you oh, tell yeah. I was in marketing and used to like brand random things at racetracks? Can you tell <laughs> that I'm sitting here. here with a mouthful of teeth? Because I have no idea how to respond to everything you guys just said. <laughs> I think this it is... went a lot. I think it went really well. I think we we both do have a lot of energy. Katie has way more than I do. But <laughs> I think it could have. I think that it went really well. I think it's I don't fun. think it was over energized. No, you guys did great. I think it's interesting that we're doing a post like podcast wrap up conversation <laughs> during the podcast because we're still recording here and so i'm going to give you guys like the final say here just close us out with something positive and then uh let's move on because we've got houses to sell so taylor closing thoughts ready closing thoughts um let's make 2022 a great year if you are a new agent and you ever want to go shadow or want to talk to me feel free to reach out i'm i'm here to help. Awesome. I'm here to make everybody's life easier if you have questions. So Nice. Okay, I just want to piggyback first. That was not what I was going to say, but then I was like, yeah, free coffee. Um, ask me to coffee, and I like oat milk lattes with honey, and I will tell you anything. Um, but my I, my thing was, go team. I'll leave it there. Go team. Thanks, guys. Thank you for joining us today. For more episodes, resources, and show notes, head to morethanmorepodcast.com. 